Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so glad that you've joined us today and if you're not a Christian, (laughs) do not turn the dial. We want you to join us and be our very special guest as we study the Word of God together today. And if you are a Christian, don't you turn that dial either. Amen. We we believe God is going to speak to us today through His Word. Uh, he's designed His Word in such a way that it will bring forth fruit in and of itself if it finds a good ground heart to be planted in. So just open your hearts right now and open your mind to receive God's Word. We believe God's going to bless you and make you a blessing because you are opening your life to the work of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God within us. Praise God. All right. If you have your Bibles, would you please prepare for this study in the Word in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30. I would like to say before we go to Hebrews 11, if you would like to come to our website, you can type in THCOG and uh, that's a short way of getting there, kind of a shortcut and uh, look for the Holy Church of God uh, uh, in Tampa where this broadcast originates or you can type in Pastor Robert V as in victory, hallelujah, amen, venable, Pastor Robert, V-E-N-A-B-L-E, venable, and it will take you also to our website, and you're welcome to come, there's a lot of uh, information, over 1,300 sermons that span, uh, (laughs) really span 42 years, where I have been the senior pastor of the Holy Church of God here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International in good standing since 1974. Uh, We are so grateful today, uh, after all of these years, to be uh, believing that we're entering in to the most productive, fruitful time in our ministry, and mainly because of the media, because of the internet, and because of stations just like this one that we are on, WMAF. And I would just encourage any minister that wants your ministry uh, to to expand beyond the four walls of your church and even your own community, uh, but to reach beyond that to the United States uh, and to the nations of the world to consider radio ministry, particularly like WMAF, where the radio is also connected to the World Wide Web, and anyone in the world, anywhere in the world, can hear your message and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we're excited today. Wherever God takes this message, we believe that it will find its mark. It will find the place in the human heart and the mind that God wants to send it today. That's why I'm excited as we approach this message today. And we're going to be talking about true victory. True victory. A victory that that is absolute and complete. A victory that is not going to some 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 kind of of teaching that's going to cause us to get our hopes up 
and then drop us and leave us wondering, is God really faithful? Is His Word really true? Can I truly trust Him? Friend of mine, I want to talk about authentic victory today and how to obtain it and apply it in our lives. Amen. Because I believe God wants us to be like the man who said, victory is my business and business is good. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians Before we read from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30, I can't help but precede it with this scripture. Uh, In Hebrews chapter 15, verse 57 and 58, the Apostle Paul said, Thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, therefore, because this is a God, not just God promised, but God provided victory for us. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's then now read about this God-given victory and how to obtain it in our life. Hebrews 11 and verse 30 says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Now, I want to say something about true victory that will hold through no matter where you find it in the Word of God. And no matter who obtains it, this core principle will always come to the surface. When true victory is obtained, we will find that someone is wholly dependent on God and humbly obedient to God. Listen to me again. This is a crucial core truth about true victory. We must be wholly dependent on on God and humbly obedient to God. And now let me make a statement as we study further this. There will always be barriers to blessings that must be overcome. There will always be enemies between us and God's promises and purposes that must be conquered. There will always be opposition to God's will, opposition so strong that we, in and of our own strength, could never, ever defeat. So true victory comes when we are wholly dependent on the Spirit of God and humbly committed to following His leadership. When the victory, therefore, is won and we will win, make no mistake about it, we will not glory in our faith, we will glory in our God and His faithfulness, because true victory truly only occurs when God takes over and we follow through. Hallelujah. I want to read this this story in the Old Testament, a portion of it that we talked about in that faith hall of fame in the New Testament. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through 15, it said, And it came to pass... When Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, 
And behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, literally neither, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua, recognizing now that this was no ordinary soldier, that he had to figure out which which camp he was in, which side he was on, that he was standing before literal deity, because Joshua fell on his face unto the earth and did worship. Now I want to stop here really for a moment and let you know this couldn't be an angel. It could not be a mortal man, and it could not be an angel, because we do not worship and have ne- and have been forbidden to worship any mortal man, and we have been forbidden to worship angels. And when it occurred in the book of Daniel, when the angel Gabriel came to Daniel, Daniel fell on his face. He said his knees smote together and he fell on his face as a dead man and worshipped. And he was in a prone, worshipful position. And the angel grabbed him by the belt, literally, and stood him up on his feet and said not to worship the angel. Don't worship me, for God sent me to you. In other words, the worship is exclusive to God and God alone. But you see what is happening when Joshua realized and heard the words and realized and I believe had a spiritual revelation along with the words because he he wouldn't have done that just based on the words. This mysterious man with the sword in his hand said, I'm the captain of the host of the Lord, literally meaning I'm the commander-in-chief of the armies of heaven. <laughs> Praise God. He did worship and, and and with his face to the earth and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Praise God. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot. For the place whereupon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua said, What saith my Lord unto my servant? Literally, I am at your command. You see, this is the, this is this, this obedient heart. This is this servant heart that is essential to true victory. Friend of mine, we're not to command God. We're to be under God's command. We're to be in that place of humble obedience, that place of such deep devotion, that we do not say, Listen, Lord, thy servant speaketh. We say, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Most scholars of Scripture agree that this mysterious warrior was an Old Testament manifestation of Jesus Christ. And they would call that a theophany. His presence sanctified the ground that he stood upon. Joshua bowed with his face to the ground, but it was not enough reverence for this Holy One. He said, 
Take off thy shoes, for the place whereupon thou standeth is holy. Remember the same thing happened when there was a manifestation of God on the burning bush. And Moses said, I'm going to turn aside and see this thing. And when he stopped and was gazing at this, this phenomena, a bush on fire that didn't burn up with a, with a different kind of fire that he had ever seen before. Amen. The voice spoke out of the bush saying, saying, take off thy shoes for the ground thy standeth on is holy ground. I want you to think about what was occurring here today. The Old Testament Joshua and the New Testament Jesus is standing face to face. By the way, the New Testament name given to Jesus, <laughs> Yeshua, <laughs> is, is the Old Testament name, Joshua, which means a deliverer, a savior, but in a, a very different sense than the Joshua of old. Praise God. Friend of mine, when the battle is won, it won't be Joshua's name that is praised. It will be honored because he was instrumental and God used him and worked through him and for him, but it will be God's name that is glorified. The great leaders and champions in the Old Testament were those who humbly followed God's plans and who wholly depended on God's Spirit for the victory. Remember David told the giant, You come to me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. You see, they put themselves under His command. Jesus didn't come uh, just to, to take sides. <laughs> he was already on Israel's side. He came to take over. There is a faith message that puts us in control. True faith that brings true victory gives that glory and that place to God and to God alone. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that it is not up to me and the full responsibility because of the believer's authority is not just laid on me. I'm glad I don't have faith in my faith alone because if I just had faith in my faith and my faith shook, my faith wavered, or my faith failed, then I couldn't continue to believe God for victory. But friend of mine, if I have faith in His faithfulness. His faithfulness will not fail. His faithfulness will not shake. It will not waver. Praise God. And therefore my faith becomes strong because of my absolute confidence and trust in Him, His love, His power, His wisdom, His grace, His mercy, His counsel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a faith message that puts us in control, and I do not want to be in control. I want God to have full control. Let's talk about this and follow this core truth in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. In the life of David as he led his mighty armies to victory. It said, And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. 
Therefore David inquired again of, the, of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them, turn away from them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be when thou shalt hear a going, a going in the tops of the mulberry trees. Literally, it, a wind that would come on a day when there is no wind. And that word going actually uh, gets a little clearer in the actual Hebrew because it means like a marching army. When you hear in the top of a mulberry tree a sound like a mighty marching army. You see, Jesus has already identified himself as the captain of the Lord's host, the commander and chief of heaven's armies. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. He said, when you hear that sound, that going in the top of the mulberry trees, that marching sound, that sound like a mighty army marching before you, going out before you, that then thou shalt go out to battle. For God is gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, I believe there have been so many defeats because we got ahead of God. We may have known the will of God and we may have wanted to see that will accomplished. We may have known the promise and the purpose of God, but we tried to achieve it in our own strength or in our the strength of our own faith rather than waiting before the Lord and putting ourselves under His command. Hallelujah. Praise God. David therefore did as God what? As God commanded him. And they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even unto Gazer. Why did they do that? How did that victory come? Because God took charge of the battle. The commander of heaven's armies said, When you hear a sound like a marching army in the top of these trees, you'll know that an invisible and invincible army has went out before you to grant you the victory. You see, this was going to be supernatural. It wasn't going to be just a battle plan, plan that a natural man could, could implement to grant to grant him the victory. This was going to be something that God's Spirit achieved as the man wholly depended on him and humbly obeyed him. Literally, God is saying, I do the leading. You follow by faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, God doesn't come to help us navigate around the rocks. He comes to take the helm. He doesn't come to help us to get the victory. He comes to take over so victory is guaranteed. He doesn't need my or your expertise. He doesn't need, but He does need and demand our dependence and our obedience. He doesn't come to just make us strong so that we have confidence in ourselves but rather to demonstrate His strength in our weakness. Remember what Paul said? He said, When I am weak, 
then, at that precise point when I acknowledge in and of myself, I am not able to accomplish or overcome. When I acknowledge that, but at the same time, put my trust wholly in the Lord and His Spirit, His love, His grace, His wisdom, His might, His counsel, then, at that precise point, am I made strong. Oh, everywhere you look, you see this core truth come into light. We must be wholly dependent upon the Lord, and we must be humbly obedient unto Him. And that's how a God-given victory comes. And those victories that God gives will give us that that we need, everything that we need to live a life of overcoming power supernaturally so that God gets the glory and God gets the praise for every victory that we win. Hallelujah. His faith was expressed in total dependence and humble obedience. So Jehoshaphat's victory came the same way. And let's read it together, if you, if you, if you will today. Second Chronicles chapter 20. It said, And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in, 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 in Hazaz-Zontamar, which is in Egedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. See, here's this, this absolute trust in God and this humble obedience and humble dependency. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. And even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand... Thy hand, not my hand, your hand, but his hand, is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art thou not our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? And they dwell therein, and have built thee a sanctuary for thy name, saying, If any evil cometh upon us, as the sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come and cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. I want to stop for time's sake there today.
You can see this principle coming forth, even in Jehoshaphat's great victory that's about to occur here, is because they set themselves to seek the Lord. And they begin to declare that all of the power that is necessary for this victory, God has it in His hands. God is on the throne. God is in control. And their dependence would be wholly in God and His faithfulness to defend them and to give them the battle plan. Hallelujah. Amen. What a relief it is to be able to make the statement that was made in the Old Covenant. We have no power or might to go out against this great army. <laughs> That's, that seems contradictory to what we're told to say today and the attitude we're told to develop today. We're not admitting our total dependence on the Lord by not admitting our total, total lack of strength in ourself to win supernatural battles over a supernatural enemy without the supernatural power of God Himself. Ah, friend, it's not faith in our faith that's going to give us true victory. It is faith in God's faithfulness. Hallelujah. It's His power. It's His might. The victory is all wrapped up in our trust in His hand so that none is able to withstand Him. Praise God. Our friend today, someone is listening to this broadcast that has been taught to put faith in your faith. And when your faith wavered or your faith shook or your faith failed, you felt like God was saying to you, well, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. If you're not going to believe me and stand strong, then you can forget about me helping you. You're disqualified from victory. That is a lie from the devil to get you to back off, to get you to give up and give in and give over and live in defeat because you feel you don't have the faith for the victory. But friend of mine, I want you to know that God loves you today and that God is the one that you are to look to all along. His faithfulness will not fail. And faith in His faithfulness will cause your faith not to fail because it won't be faith in your faith. Praise God, it'll be faith in your God, His goodness, His unchanging nature. Hath He not said it? And will He not do it? Praise God. And friend of mine, if you're not a Christian today and you feel you cannot be a Christian, and you're honest, and I appreciate and honor your honesty. I'm not going to, Pastor, I'm not going to, to come to Christ unless I'm ready to lay down my sins and, and overcome and, and live the Christian life as it's presented. And as I see it, I, I can't live it. Well, you're partly right. You can't live it. And God doesn't expect you to live it in your strength and your power. But John's Gospel says this, As many as received Him, 
to them gave he. You see, it's God doing the work as we look to him for it and we surrender to him. Oh, friend, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. That means if you come to Christ by faith today, God will give you the power to live the Christian life. If you repent of your sins and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, God will give you everything that you need to follow Jesus Christ, to obey Him. You will not never be sinlessly perfect, but all of your sins will be perfectly forgiven in Jesus Christ. Friend of mine, you will not be under sin's power. You will not be under Satan's control. You will still have to deal with your weak flesh as I have to continually deal with mine. And when I fail in attitude or activity, I go before the Lord and confess my sin. And the Bible said if we confess it, even as believers, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from iniquity. Today you can overcome, you can be saved, and you can be set free. There is true victory in Jesus Christ. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.